there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here at our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our lives is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. Today's episode is a little bit different. This is a special midweek episode. So many of you have sent me in homeschooling questions. You've asked me to do homeschooling episodes. And so this week on Facebook, I recorded a live question and answer with you all to answer your homeschooling questions. So the following is a uh, up uh, is uploaded um, just the audio of that video. You can actually find the video replay on Facebook, on my YouTube channel, or of course you can just listen in to this audio of the Facebook live video where I am providing encouragement and answers to all your homeschooling questions. If you are interested in further homeschooling encouragement or questions, I am available for homeschool consultation appointments. Uh, You can find all of the information at simplylivingforhim.com or email me at karen at simplylivingforhim. Also, I have my books available on Amazon, The Simple Homeschool Journey, Building a Family and Not Just a Transcript, Called Home, Finding Joy and Letting God Lead Your Homeschool, and Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram Ideal Homeschool. Now, I hope you'll sit back and enjoy this replay of our Facebook Live Homeschool Chat. Hey everybody, it's been a long time since I've done a live video here on Facebook. It's been a very long time and I wanted to do this video. I'm going to tell you, I'm just making sure we're working here. Okay, I wanted to do this video for a while because many of you have been asking me homeschooling questions and I was just trying to figure out the best way to do that if I should do it on a podcast or if I should do a live video. So I'm doing a live video and then I am going to see if I can upload it to YouTube. I'm hoping I can, so this will be saved. Hopefully it will be saved here on Facebook forever as well. I'm even gonna try to upload the audio to the podcast. So we'll see if that works. Um, If you are watching and you have a question about homeschooling, please submit it in the comments. I have a bunch of questions here that people have submitted over the past several days, but I'd love to answer your questions just here live. You can tell me where you're watching from, tell me who is watching, uh, tell me how long you've been homeschooling, how many children you're homeschooling. You can just say in the comments anything you want about homeschooling or anything really we can just chat about anything but i am going to try to answer as many of the homeschooling questions as i can um it's funny this is i want to tell you guys so you all know most of you all know that i had been sick and i planned on doing this video tomorrow because I knew I was going to have an empty house tomorrow and I'd be home alone. Oh, also, can you guys comment and let me know that you can hear me? Somebody just say like, yes, if the audio is okay, because I want to make sure you guys can hear me. Um, 
So I was going to do this tomorrow and I had planned on doing it tomorrow. And then somebody in my Simply Living for Him community this morning said, oh, about your live video today on Facebook. And I was like, no, it's not today. It's tomorrow. And then I looked at the graphic I made and lo and behold, it was set for today. So rather than saying, oh, I made a mistake and it's supposed to be tomorrow, I was like, I'm just going to have to pull it together for today. And that's kind of why I'm looking like this but hey you guys don't care so anyway um so we're doing it today but hopefully this will be saved and you guys can watch the replay as well okay so i see you guys can hear me wonderful because uh, i want to make sure that i'm not just talking to no one hey shasta from indiana you've been homeschooling two boys for two years now wonderful so i am going to answer all your homeschooling questions if you are joining and you have any homeschooling questions submit them in the comments and i will try to scroll through um hey heather from nashville oh i love going to nashville i've spoken there for the past i don't know seven years at least uh for teach them diligently you're homeschooling your six-year-old daughter for the second year wonderful well, if you guys don't know, I have been homeschooling, I think, um, I've lost count, but I think we're on our 16th year. I've graduated too, um, which is very exciting, and I'm going to share about that with you guys. I'm going to encourage you, uh, if you wonder if you can do this for the long haul, or if you can do high school, or I, I have a lot of questions lately about high school, so even if you have itty-bitty ones, and maybe you're not thinking that far ahead, because I remember when we started I was like, there's no way I would homeschool high school. Well, you'll want to listen in because uh, we ended up homeschooling high school and we homeschooled our entire schooling journey from kindergarten to 12th grade. I have two graduated now, uh, two very different post homeschooling stories, which I can share with you guys if you're interested, uh, what they went on to do after their homeschooling journey. And I now have just two uh, home that I'm homeschooling a 13 year old. He just turned 13 last week and a 16 year old. So we are doing seventh and 11th grade. And every year our homeschool looks so different depending on you know who's home and what grades we're in. And that's part of the journey as well. So before I start answering all your questions, hey, Natalie from Southeast Michigan, second generation homeschooler. That's awesome. Homeschooling four kids. This is your fifth year. Awesome. Well, if you guys have any questions, I'm kind of looking over here at my computer as well because I've got this kind of on double because I don't want to miss out on the comments, but please submit any comments, questions, anything. You can pick my brain. Uh, like I said, we've been doing this forever. We've gone through every stage of homeschooling from starting out in kindergarten to having little ones to then elementary, middle school, high school, homeschooling multiple ages, homeschooling through all kinds of life struggles, um, and now having two full-grown adults graduated. And guess what? Homeschooling did not ruin them. Guess what? They were okay. I remember thinking so many times along the way that I was ruining my child. I promise you, ooh, the light's getting weird here. I promise you that um, if you follow God and you seek him first, you're not going to ruin your child. Um, let me know, is the lighting all weird? Because all of a sudden it looks weird on my end, but maybe it doesn't on yours. Okay, so uh, ask your questions. I have a bunch of questions here that were submitted. I'm going to get to them in just a second. Um, a couple of exciting, though, Simply Living for Him announcements, not necessarily just homeschooling announcements, but I wanted to uh, just briefly touch on here because, honestly, 
I'll tell you the most important thing you can do for your homeschool is to uh, get your soul right with the Lord yourself. Uh, the most important thing you can do for your homeschool as a mom is to be in the word, to be following God, to be filling up your soul, to be um, nourishing your soul. And that is going to help you in your homeschool more than any other like uh, tip I can give you. So I just wanted to let you know that I have some events coming up in this upcoming year in 2022. 2022. That didn't sound right when I said it, but anyway, uh, we are doing our first in-person event since COVID for Simply Living for Him on March the 12th. It's for all women. It's not a homeschooling event, but like I said, if you want to help your homeschool, you want to actually uh, nourish your soul and you wanna be in the word, and you wanna be in prayer, and you wanna be following God, and those things are gonna help you be a better homeschool mom. So March 12th, we're having an event, a local event here for the entire day, it's a Saturday, um, and we're gonna be um, just spending the whole day in the word, and really, it's called, But Do You Know Him? Like, you may think you know the Lord, but do you really know him? What does the Bible really tell us about who he is? And you know, we're gonna look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, so more information on that is coming. Big, 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 big news. For many years, I've run women's retreats, and we are coming back in July 2022. We are running the Simply Living for Him Women's Retreat. Again, it is not just for homeschoolers, it's for all women. Anybody who wants to seek the Lord more, wants to know Jesus, come on over to join us in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania in July. I will be releasing all the info soon, the exact dates, times, cost, and registration. So we are super excited to get back to in-person events in 2022. I will also, this is for homeschoolers, I'll also be speaking at Teach Them Diligently again this year, but I am not speaking in Tennessee, unfortunately, which I'm very sad about, but I will be in Austin, not Austin, uh, Round Rock, Texas uh, for Teach Them Diligently. I believe it's the end of March, early April. So that's what we have on the calendar so far. If you have an event or a women's event or a homeschooling event and you would like me to come speak, please contact me. I'd love to talk to you about that. All right, let's get to your questions. I'm gonna check the comments here first if there's any live questions. So if you have any questions, please put them here in the comments. Um, I'm just checking here and on my computer because I don't wanna miss them. Now, now I'm messing up my phone here. Okay, so let's talk about high school. Even if you have little ones, which I saw in the comments, some of you have just itty bitty ones. This is something that you'll say, well, I'm not thinking about that now. But you know what? You, it's kind of something good to think about because you're always building your foundation. And so that reminds me, speaking of foundation, if you are interested in our entire journey, and what it looked like from kindergarten all the way to the day we dropped my daughter off at college. My book, The Simple Homeschool Journey, outlines just that. Uh, and the tagline of this book or the subtitle is Building a Family and Not Just a Transcript. And you'll always hear me talk about this. The academics are important, but what I always encourage moms is in their walk with the Lord in following God, not following the world in their homeschool. And so this book really outlines our entire journey. 
And I wrote this book right after my daughter graduated college because all of a sudden, I mean college, high school, because all of a sudden I felt like everything came crystal clear in the rear view mirror about what really mattered and what didn't. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, a lot of the things that I thought mattered and the hours and hours and hours I spent worrying and stressed over all these things that had to go on the transcript and credits and all that. All of a sudden, it didn't matter much when she graduated. I saw the things that truly mattered. And so that's why I tell you, if you have itty-bitty ones and you're not thinking about high school yet, just think about what truly matters on this journey. And a lot of the things we think are so important, we waste hours and hours choosing curriculum where we could be spending our time in the Word. We could be spending time with God. Um, and, you know... We just, we waste a lot of time worrying about things that don't matter. So that's why this is called building a family and not just a transcript. Because I always tell people this, write this one down. I want to remind you, the homeschool journey ends. I know if you have little bitty ones right now, you feel like it's never going to end. And it feels like it's this long, huge thing. Ask me how I know. In a blink of an eye, it's over and it ends, but here's what you wanna write down. The homeschool journey ends, but your relationship with your children continues long after you're done homeschooling. Your relationship with the Lord continues long after you're done homeschooling. Their relationship with the Lord continues long after you're done homeschooling. So the homeschool journey ends, but your relationships go on forever. And that's why it's so important to not get so caught up in all of the stuff of homeschooling, but to really focus on building that foundation on the word of God and building a family because your family is going to go on long after the homeschool journey ends. So I just wanted to remind you of that and encourage you that. Hey Shasta, your eight-year-old fights you on reading. He says he hates it. There's no learning disabilities. He just doesn't want to put in the work because it's not easy. How hard would you push? That's a really good question. Um, I don't want to get sidetracked because now I was talking about high school. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm going to answer that in just a second. Um, I wanted to encourage you, though, on the high schooling journey that, well, ask me in the comments if there's anything specific regarding high school, but the high school journey does not have to be scary at all. It is actually, I will tell you, my favorite part of homeschooling has been homeschooling teenage boys. And I know that probably sounds crazy, but it has been, I tell them, these are the best years of my life. And I will tell you, now Shasta, this might, this might be important. When I had an, one of my boys was eight years old it was not fun to homeschool him and he's okay with me talking about this because i talk about it in public and he knows we butted heads he was very challenging he did not want to learn anything he complained about school every single day from the time we started kindergarten till he was about 12 years old and it was exhausting and it was a constant battle and I would tell him every time, I don't know why you think that complaining, like tomorrow I'm going to be like, you know what, we don't have to do school because you're complaining about it. Like that's never going to happen. And I would tell him, you have to do school till you're 18 years old. Like you have to do school until you complete, you know, uh, 
high school education. It's not going anywhere. So I don't know why all this challenge. I want to encourage you, Shasta, to really uh, just stick with the heart issues. And yes, there's a degree of pushing. Now, eight years old, he's still young on the reading. This one I'm talking about in particular did not read well on his own until much later than my others, to the point where I thought maybe there was a learning disability. It was just a maturity thing. And now he reads fine. Um, and it just took a lot of his own growth and own maturity. As a teenager, he is completely the opposite. So I always tell people who they are at eight is not who they're going to be at 10. And who they are at 10 is not who they're going to be at 12. And who they are at 12 is not who they're going to be at 14 and so on. This is a journey. It's a continue. It's a continual growth for them and for you. And so it's easy to get discouraged and say they don't want to do anything and they're never going to want to do anything and to throw up your hands. But remember that they're growing. And sometimes we expect them to behave like little adults or we expect them to fall in line and we forget that it is our job to disciple them and to teach them and to point them mostly to the Lord in everything. Continually pointing them to the Lord, continually um, showing them, um, you know, that uh, they want to do their academics, not just for the sole point of doing them because I said so and you have to, but because this is pleasing to the Lord. That, you know, that you are going to work hard and diligently. What does the Bible say about these things? Sometimes it's so important, not sometimes, all the time, it's so important to focus on the character traits, to focus on things like working hard and diligence and integrity, all that stuff. There is so much time for the academics later that building that strong foundation and really helping them. And, you know, when, they, when they're challenging, saying to them sometimes like, you know what? Instead of just always, this was, an, you know, I say this because I did all the wrong things with my, my little guy. I mean, I did. I would argue with him and I would get mad and I would be like, this is what you're supposed to do and this and that. And then there came a point where I realized I needed to meet him on his level. And one time I just said to him, you know what? I get it. Like, I don't always want to do these things either. And, you know, pointing them to Jesus and being like, this is why we all need a savior. Because in our own flesh, none of us wants to do the right thing. But that's why we need Jesus. And so there's such opportunity there to disciple. And that's really what homeschooling to me was always about, was discipling my children at home and teaching them, um, you know, to honor the Lord in everything they did. So yes, if you're having a, a young one, like eight years old, that is giving you a lot of pushback, I totally get it. I had one as well. I promise you stick with it. Um, you know, try to meet them on their level. Like sometimes they just want to be heard, like validate it and be like, yeah, I get it. It's hard, right? Because my guy that gave me a lot of challenge, he was also a struggling learner. He had a lot of trouble. So of course he doesn't want to sit down every day and do these hard things. So I had to learn to stop yelling at him, to stop saying, this is what you need to do. And why can't you do this? And your brother and your sister can do it and be like, you know what? 
why don't you want to do it? Is it because it's hard? You know, how can I help you? And just doing little steps. Don't put him on a timeline of like what everybody else says. Oh, well, at eight years old, they have to be doing this, this, and this. You have a long time. You have until they're 18 to get it all in. And that's another point I want to say. When my uh, son graduated this year and uh, from homeschool, he was 18. I told him then, guess what? Your education is just beginning. It's not like, oh, it's over. I said, I have learned more between the ages of 40 and 46 than I ever learned probably in all of my schooling, right? So encourage your kids that they are going to be lifelong learners and, and remind that to yourself. Go at their pace. You have so much time, so much time to you know get it all in you have until they're like i said 18 but then they never stop learning hopefully at 18 they're going to take on their own education and like i told my son when he graduated your education is just beginning now because you can teach yourself anything you want and so at eight years old if they're having struggles meet them where they are work on the character traits Yes, sometimes you have to say to them, you know what, this is part of it. I know it's not fun and you don't want to do it, but you kind of have to. So there's a there's a balance between, you know, nudging and pushing to get the work done and to do the reading, but also remembering that they're eight years old and they are not a full grown adult. And yes, they're going to be disobedient. Yes, they're going to, you know, operate in the flesh because they're eight years old. And so having that grace for them and then helping them to work through it. Right. And um helping them to grow. So yeah, I had a I had a challenging one and I have to say he hit a point in his I guess when he turned about 13 where he just hit like a maturity point and he stopped complaining about his schoolwork and I said to him, "What changed?" and he said, "I just realized that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to change anything if I complained." And so he stopped complaining and now he is a hard worker. He still has struggles learning. But he is a hard worker. He is so funny. And I, most of all, enjoy him as a person. I enjoy his company. We have so much fun together. Um, and that's why I say I absolutely love homeschooling teenage boys. They are hysterical. They keep me laughing. Uh, we just have so much fun. So it's building that foundation when they're young so that you can enjoy the teenage years. You can enjoy the high school years um, because as I say in this book, you have built a relationship and that's so important because then when they have struggles academically and you have a good relationship with them, they're going to see you not as the enemy, but as the person who's on their team, who's on their side, who's there to help them. I would always tell my kids, we're on the same team. I'm on your side. I'm not here to be against you. And so that's really important as well. If you're watching and you are a homeschooler, I want you to comment, you know, how many kids you're homeschooling, uh, how long you've been homeschooling, and ask me any of your homeschooling questions. I do homeschool consulting during the year where I do like Zoom calls and I talk with homeschooling moms who kind of need some advice or an extra bit of encouragement, pray with them, help them. And pretty much every single homeschool client I have ever had tells me that they're afraid they're not doing enough. So if that's a question that you have, like how much is enough? Is this enough? 
I would love to hear in the comments if that is something you deal with because I, I think I hear that literally from every mom and they want to make sure they're doing enough. And so that, that brings me to high school. Somebody submitted a question and said, what is a good science curriculum for a struggling learner in high school? And I wanted to just say, I'm not going to give necessarily a specific curriculum because I really believe that's personal and you can, you know, look up. I do have some suggestions, but I would say this, something that I learned, if you have a high schooler and, you know, they're struggling in a certain subject, you have the freedom to not choose the hardest curriculum out there. Like I remember when my daughter was in high school and she was my first, so I didn't know any better. And I just thought I have to give her like the most challenging course and we have to do like, you know, AP science and we have to do all this rigorous stuff because you know, that's what good homeschoolers do. And then what happened was we both literally cried through chemistry. She would bring me that chemistry book and I would literally start dying on the inside. And we struggled through it. She cried, I cried. And then when she graduated and went on to college, she wasn't going to be a chemist. She wasn't going to be a scientist. She is now going into ministry. And originally when she graduated high school, she thought she was going into music. So she did not need that really hard chemistry. And so I kind of learned that, oh wait, I don't have to keep up with what everybody else is doing. This is the beauty of homeschooling. We tailor our curriculum for our kids. And while at one point I'm glad, you know, looking back that she, we kind of pushed through that hard stuff because it did set her up for, you know, handling college work and vigorous work. And it, it did help her to overcome challenges. It wasn't necessary. So when my next uh, two, my two sons now are in high school, well, one is graduate high school and the other's in high school. I know that they're not going to be chemists. I know that they're not going to be scientists. They're not going into STEM or anything like that. So I look at the curriculum and I say, okay, they need to meet a chemistry requirement and they need to, you know, meet certain requirements to graduate, but it doesn't have to be the hardest one. And so I have, you know, chosen for them things that were a little bit less challenging, but still meet the requirement. So I would highly recommend that as well. Somebody also asked the question that I'm going to kind of relate to this. How much independence do you give a high schooler? Just for those who are joining in now, please put your comments uh, in or your questions in the comments and I will answer as I go. So please, if you have any questions about homeschooling and you want to ask somebody who's been doing it a while and graduated too, go ahead and put them in the comments. Um, how much independence for a high schooler? This is a really good question because what I saw for us was uh, when my oldest was approaching high school. So as she like hit middle school, we used to do everything together. I would bunch as much as I could uh, multiple ages together uh, for the elementary years, you know, preschool up to sixth grade. We did a lot together. Obviously they had their math and their language arts separate, but science, history, everything was together. As they approached middle school, as she approached middle school, I started to give her a little bit more independent work and it wasn't so much everything together with us. And then um, when she got to high school, she was completely independent. And she was completely independent, like to the point where I gave her 
the assignments on Monday for the week. I gave her the schedule and I was like, this is what you need to get done this week. And she would get it done by Friday. There was no Monday we do this, Tuesday we do this, Wednesday we do this. It was literally like, here's what you have to do and get it done by Friday. And she was completely independent. She would hand in her work to me, obviously, and I would check it. But there were even times where I would let her check her own work. Like in math, I would say, you can check it. If you understand what you're doing, you can move on. Um, and if not, then come to me. But she was completely independent. Like I said, that chemistry class, not so independent because she came to me because she didn't understand. Neither did I. But we got through it together. But other than that, it was like, here's your schedule and you need to get it done. Now, at the time, I did not realize how much that prepared her for college because she would, you know, she was actually like working part time during those years. She had a lot of extracurricular activities. She would often travel with me when I would travel to speak. And so, so our Monday to Friday was never that consistent. But she learned time management. I remember her bringing her books on trips with us. I remember her sometimes being like, I have to get everything done by Wednesday because Thursday and Friday, you know, we're traveling or, you know, she was working a lot one week and she'd be like, I have to, you know, fit it all in. So she was able to manage her time really well in a, in a way that I think doesn't happen necessarily in public school where everything is sort of like, you know, nine to four, we do this, this and this. And at the time, I can't give myself credit, but at the time I didn't realize that really set her up well for college because that's how it was. In, it is in college, right? You get your syllabus and they say this is due next week and you have this that week and you have a lot of extracurriculars and you have to fit it all in. And so she really balanced her time very well when she got to um, college because her schedule in high school was not traditional. It was very independent. So if you have a child that you think is going to go to college, it's a good idea to give them a lot of independent work. But at the same time, I wanna recommend that it really is not necessarily a one size fits all. It is definitely based on the child. I have boys now that are teenagers that I probably wouldn't just give them the, the schedule on Monday and say, I'll see you Friday because they need me a lot more. I need to help with math. I need to guide them through. And I actually really enjoy having discussions with them. Like when we do our history, I really enjoy discussing everything with them. And I did that with my boys um, in high school. Now I didn't do that with my daughter. And I actually said to her, I apologize. I never like did all these discussions and we never like talked through a lot of this stuff. And she was like, it was fine by me. What was I gonna sit with you at the kitchen table? <laughs> But then I had three boys at home and we would literally sit down and discuss everything. So again, different children or different um, students require a different amount of independence. So I would say the high school years are a good time to give a lot of independence, but also check in with them. You know, if you're going to give them everything independently, check in with them. Like my daughter and I would check in on Friday, you know, check in with them, make sure that they're, you know, um, getting the assignments done, make sure they're meeting the requirements or, you know, all of that. And also, I don't think it's a bad idea, regardless of how independent they are, to have discussions with them, to have um, 
you know, a time of connection with them, even if it has nothing to do with school, schedule time to connect with them. Because as I say, building a family is literally the most important part to me of homeschooling. Seeing, you know, the family that we've built. Because like I said, homeschooling ends, but your relationship with your kids goes on forever. So, you know, even if they're completely independent, schedule a time to check in with them and just be like, you know, let's hang out and let's talk about school. But then, you know, also you get to talk about other things as well. Hey, Alicia, that was your question. I'm glad that I could answer that for you. I hope that helped you. If, it, if you have any further questions on that, you know, let me know. Again, it depends on the child, how much independence. If they do well independently, like I said, let them go for it because that really prepares them for life. As I always say with homeschooling, we are preparing our kids for life, not just a test. We are preparing them to be adults in the real world, not just to take tests and to get into college, right? There is so much more to life than just getting into a college or just doing assignments. We are preparing them for so much more. Now. I will tell you, since um, there aren't any other questions right now, but please put in your questions if you have any, and then I'll get to some more that I have on my list. My two that graduated high school went on to do very different things. As you all know, if you follow me for any amount of time lately, one just got married. <laughs> so she graduated two years ago from homeschool. And what a whirlwind the past two years have been, right? I mean, from letting her go to college to now letting her go be married. It's a big, 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 big adjustment, but it's all good. Um, but, you know, she went off to college and now she's married. So she is still in school, but she is not at that school. She has completely kind of changed her path to an online program and she's going into ministry and um this is what i want to tell you no matter how old your kids are keep this thought in mind so everybody always says well what are they going to do when they graduate what are they going to do after you know homeschool can they go to college yes homeschoolers can go to college we had no problem getting into colleges so you know just so you know um you know all of those questions and especially when they were in high school, it was like, you know, they were always asked, what are you going to do after? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, honestly, if you're all adults watching, hasn't your path changed completely from the time you were 18? So I would always tell my kids, listen, if somebody asks you what you're going to do, you know, after homeschool, you tell them you're going to do what you've been doing for 17 years. You're going to follow God. Right. And so. He will make the path clear and the path is not going to be straight. It's going to have lots of twists and turns. So I would always tell them, you do not have to have it figured out in high school, but you seek God and you see where he leads. And so when my daughter was a junior, that's all we did. We just constantly prayed and, you know, wherever God leads us, whether it's going to be public university, private, you know, Christian college or no college. Whatever he leads is where we want to be. We only want to be in his will. And so he led her to Bible college. And we thought that was fantastic. And it was fantastic. And the, the college was great. And she had a great experience. But we have watched God weave literally every detail together. And that would be an entire other video. But there are so many details that he weaved together so perfectly 
that we never could have planned and we never could have expected, and this has nothing to do with career or any of that, but all these things that he wove together to put her in the perfect place, to put her on a path of um, now she really you know wants to go into ministry, and then she met her husband, who is an amazing, amazing man of God, and they have a beautiful relationship. And now her path has even changed in college, and she's finishing online because now she's a wife. And so never get stuck in your plan. Like we have to do this and this is, you know, this is the four year plan. And then we have to go on to do this and that. And life is about so much more than just these perfect little boxes that we try to, you know, check off and, uh, you know, uh, meet all these requirements and everything. So her, her journey has been filled with twists and turns, but it's beautiful. And it's exactly where she's supposed to be. And, Every detail has worked out perfectly. And then my son is in a Christian gap year program, which I, I'm telling you, I'm going to become the spokesperson for this place because it is phenomenal. And I'm going to have to do an entire podcast or an entire video on that. But it is the most phenomenal experience. And because of time, I won't get into it all here. But he went another path as well. And I would highly highly recommend something like what he's doing. He's had the opportunity to travel and to serve and to learn from the Bible. And I can't even tell you the amount of growth that has taken place in his life in just two months. Phenomenal experience. So two totally different paths. But again, we told him in high school, you follow God. He didn't know what he wanted to do. He had no idea. We went and saw this gap year program. He thought it would be a good idea. We prayed on it. That's where God led. I have no doubt in my mind, no doubt that that is where he's supposed to be. All right, Alicia has another question. Let me look here. You do morning time together and then sort of separate for individual work each day. That sounds familiar. That's what we did as well. Your 14 year old feels like morning time is baby works and she's doing it with her eight year sister, even though I'm doing books far above the eight year old reading level. Keep things in in between okay so you currently do a devotional poetry real music art study and that i will tell you like i said i think that time together is more important than anything it builds family relationships i mean yes she may not feel like uh she wants to do it but i would say keep at it um, try to maybe incorporate things that might be a little bit more fun for her. You know, we always, um, I'm trying to read her, keep things in between two levels. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can do things that might be above the younger one's level, and sometimes you can do things that are, like, younger, because, first of all, I really believe that all the older kids kind of like the little kid books. And also, it's okay for the younger one to ha to be exposed to stuff that's a little bit more above. Um, but the most important thing would be like to hang out, to sit and talk around that table. So when my daughter was in high school, we didn't really do together time very much at all. And then when she graduated, I went back to sitting with my boys around the kitchen table. And I would say table like table time like we call it when they're little or that little morning devotional time or together time is almost more important in the teenage years than it even was in the early years and i believe that was just 
you know, something I did not realize. And so now we always gather together first thing, you know, when we start our homeschool morning. I mean, we're pretty much together all morning now, me and my two boys. But, you know, uh, when I had three at home still, we would sit together. We would actually, they would talk and talk and talk for the first hour, not even about school. And I'd be like, boys, you're like prolonging your school day because you're chatting. And they were like, oh, but it's fun. And you know what? It was. We would laugh. We would you know, just carry on. Sometimes I'd make a special breakfast, um, but not always. I mean, um, whatever, you know, and it was just a great time to build our relationship. And then when you're kind of like in that mood, it's so much easier than to do your schoolwork because you're all kind of like, no one's like in that fighting mood. No one's like, you know, uh, everybody's just cheery. I don't know. So I would recommend table time together even if they're older, even if they're sort of like, eh, like, and just try to incorporate things at different times that appeal to the different ages, because it's so important for the older one to connect with the little ones and the little ones to connect with the older ones and you all connect together. There's so many layers to relationships and families. And so I, you know, I think that table time is so important, not just like for school stuff or anything, just to build your relationship. And again, I talk all about that. I'm not trying to keep plugging my book, but that's what I talk about a lot in this book. And it's really building, you know, your relationships. And I really should write another book about what it's like completely after homeschool, but we'll get to that, I guess, in the future. So um, did that help you, Alicia? Let me know. You can just uh, say yes or Give me a little heart. Uh, anybody else have any questions? I don't know if I'm missing any. I have both my computer and my phone open because sometimes, I don't know why, but sometimes when lives are over, I go back and I'm like, I missed all those questions. So I have them both open here. Um, and I'm just checking. Okay, let me see some of the other questions people have submitted. So we talked about struggling learner in high school. We talked about high school in general and independence. Um, so many people have been asking me about high school lately. Don't be afraid of high school. Like I said, when my kids were little, I did not expect to homeschool high school. I said there was no way I would homeschool high school. Looking back, there's no way I wouldn't homeschool high school because those are the years where you don't wanna just be like, okay, you know, now it's time for them to go out in the world. Those are the years where I feel like it's so important to connect with them even more. And so I am thankful that we uh, continue to homeschool in high school. Now, I will never go as far as to say, like, everyone must homeschool and everyone must homeschool high school. That's between you and the Lord. And if you're not sure about homeschool, I will always say to you, that's between you and the Lord. I am not the Holy Spirit in your life. And that you would take that to the Lord and you would pray about that and you would let him lead you in that. And if he leads you, you know, out of that, then that's between you and him. That's, you know, but I'm saying... For our experience, I saw such a great benefit to it, um, you know, and if you guys have been following me a while, you know that I am not over here, like, promoting these great academics. Academics are important, don't get me wrong, but on the grand scheme of life, I am more concerned with my children following the Lord because I feel like if they're following the Lord, 
what else is there? You know, then he's going to lead them to Harvard if that's where they belong. He's going to lead them to be a doctor if that's their, where they belong. He's going to lead them to be a min, uh, in ministry if that's where they belong. He's going to lead them wherever. The most important thing you can teach your child in your homeschool years or whether you're a homeschooler or not, the most important life skill you will ever teach them is to seek God first in everything they do, is to seek the Lord's voice and not the voice of the world. Teach them how to discern his voice out of all the noise of this world. Teach them how to uh, seek the Lord and they'll be set. They will be set. And that's what I say as a mom, that is the most important thing you can do, that you are seeking the Lord first. So you can model that to them, that you are spending time with the Lord, that you are able to hear his voice above all the noise in this world. And that's why I said I have my events coming the retreat next summer and our day event in March, which is for all women. But especially if you're a homeschooling mom, we cannot place our identity in homeschooling so much that we forget that we are a child of God and we are a disciple and that that's the most important thing that we are living our life to follow him. And then that will greatly affect your homeschool. If you are seeking God first, then that will affect all the decisions you make in homeschooling. You know, people are always like, you know, should I choose this curriculum? And should I choose that curriculum? And what planner should I use? And what method? And what style? And what's your schedule like? And all of that. But if we aren't following the Lord first, all of that stuff is just going to be like a crutch. We think that's our security. You know, we'll be successful if we do all that. No, you'll be successful as a homeschooling mom if you're following the Lord. If you're seeking him first, if you are spending time with him and listening to his voice and, and following him first, that's going to make you successful. Not all those other things. Those other things are tools. Curriculum is a tool. Schedules are a tool, meal plans are a tool, but they are not the be-all, end-all. Following God first. And that will bring me to tell you actually about another product. I linked everything here in the um, video, but my Simply Living for Him devotional, again, this is a devotional for all women. It's not just homeschooling moms, because you know we have to be careful to not always place our identity in homeschooling. Like, I need a devotional just for homeschooling moms, and I need a Bible for homeschooling moms. No, we are women following the Lord, first and foremost. So this book will um, is a devotional that will encourage you to spend time with the Lord. It's a huge devotional because each devotion has several pages for you to do just that, spend time with the Lord. There's places to take notes, to write down what you're observing in the word, to write down your prayers, to write down what God is teaching you. Because I really believe there is no greater thing you can do for yourself than to spend time with the Lord. If you want to know yourself, you want to know him, you know? So we're going to, um, this devotional is a great way to help you spend time with the Lord. And again, those things will help you in being a better homeschooling mom. All right, Alicia, you said, is it Alicia or Alicia? I feel like I'm just saying it. Oh my goodness, I'm saying it so wrong. Alicia, sorry. I have all your books and you just started this devotional. Thank you so much. Yes, I have, um, I don't have real homeschool here, but I do have called home. This book has been, this tiny little book <laughs> has been um, an encouragement for many years for many, many people. They tell me they read it every year at the beginning of their homeschooling year because this kind of gives you that little pep talk of what really matters in your homeschool and i am telling you after graduating too 
What really matters is this stuff that I talk about in these books. Following God, seeking the Lord. Um, and this book is especially fun because at the end, there are 31 verses that you can pray over your homeschool. And there's tons of space for you to write in there and journal and, and write down your prayers and what the Lord is teaching you. But this book has been for many years, an encouragement to many moms. And I'm so thankful um, that, that God has used that book for so long. So I also have Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram Ideal Homeschool. And that's all about not living for the world standards, but God's standards. I linked all of those here in the, um, the video description. And so, yes, these books are for homeschoolers. Real homeschool is for homeschooling, obviously. But the devotional is for all women. And as I've been saying, most people this year want to shop local, shop small business. So this is a great way to support the ministry here is Simply Living for Him when you buy a book. And it's a great Christmas gift because it doesn't clutter up someone's life. What better gift to give than the gift of spending time with Jesus? So ask me your questions. Um, some people have asked about how to get started in homeschooling because I know that with the pandemic, a lot of people started. My um, homeschool consulting list went sky high this year because a lot of people started homeschooling because of COVID and they had tons of questions on how to get started. Again, the most important thing to do to get started is to pray about it and ask God, is this his calling for your life? Is this where he's leading you? And if he is, I have no doubt you're going to be successful. So if you don't know my story about homeschooling, I share that in Called Home. I was the least likely person to homeschool. I never had homeschooling on my radar. I was never, ever intending to homeschool. And here we are. Now I speak about it nationally and I love it and I write books on it and I'm passionate about it because God changed my heart and I knew that he was leading me to do it and so I sought him even when it was hard, even when people were against me doing it and I was like, you know what, I have to follow the Lord. So you can hear that story in the book. Um, I also have a, a whole podcast episode about it, but um, what was I saying? Oh, so getting started. So when I, uh, this is what I want to tell you. When I started homeschooling, I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have the internet. No, I had the internet, but it we didn't use it like people use it today. You weren't like on social media. You used it to like Google and email. Um, and then there were like these forums, like these chat places where you would go and people would talk about different things. So I would look up stuff about homeschooling that way, but it wasn't like now where there's all this abundance of information. And so getting started in homeschooling back then was a lot different than getting started now. And I would encourage you, if you're watching and you're thinking about getting started, not to listen to every single voice out there because you're just going to end up confused. Um, I, I laugh at how naive I was when I started homeschooling. I didn't know that there was tons of curriculum to choose from. Somebody gave me their curriculum as a hand-me-down for kindergarten. They were like, here, our curriculum, would you like it? I was like, sure. I'm ready to homeschool. I got curriculum. And then I ran into a friend and she said, what curriculum are you using? And I told her and she was like, oh, you know, you chose that. You know, did you look at all the others? And I was like, I didn't know there were others. <laughs> to be so naive, right? That I didn't even know there were curriculum catalogs. I didn't know there were homeschooling conventions. I just... I had faith, like, I'm going to homeschool. God told me to, and now I have curriculum. I almost wish I was that naive, you know, over the years, because 
uh, it would have saved me a lot of heartache of always searching curriculum endlessly and changing things. And, you know, I just, I just was like, okay, God told me to, and now I have books. Let's go. So I would encourage you, if you could get that childlike faith to say, God told me to, and I'm going to trust him no matter what, and not get so wrapped up in all of the information. But of course, importantly, you do want to check your state law and see that you are following whatever that guideline is in your state, because every state is different. So obviously, that is a very big component of starting homeschooling as well, just knowing you know, what you need to do in your state. Thankfully, God placed me in a state where I needed to do nothing, or I think I might have been too scared. Uh, but when I started homeschooling, I didn't have to do anything. I, didn't, I don't have to report to anyone or any of that, but every state is different, so you'll want to make sure that you do that as well. And the other thing I would tell you is get with some other homeschooling families if you can for support because it is very important uh, to have other people in your life who get you right who understand and will support you not who you're going to compete against okay because i know that homeschooling moms are you know we're not immune to what goes on in in the world there's this level of competition and i talk about this even though it makes people uncomfortable like oh so and so's child is doing that then mine needs to do that no, you need to get with the friends that are not going to do that. They're going to cheer for you when you have success and they're going to cry with you when you don't. And they're going to pray with you most of all and point you to Jesus. Those are the kind of friends that you need. And if you're watching right now and you're like, I don't have those kind of friends, then be that friend. Then go and say, you know what? I'm going to be that friend and I'm going to start being that friend. And then other people are going to be that way too. So that's really important that you find people that will cheer you on, that will weep with you, and that will pray with you and point you to Jesus. And uh, if you don't have that person in your life, like I said, be that person to someone else and invite other homeschooling people over and just, you know, try to find a little bit of support that way. All right, I'm going to look at some other questions if there are any because I'm checking on my computer here. I hope that when this is over, I'm not like, oh, I missed all these questions because sometimes that happens and I don't know why Facebook does that. But if you have a question, put it in. Um, oh, I have a question about preschool. I get this question all the time. What's the best preschool curriculum? Now, if you guys have heard me speak before, I t I I'll tell you what the best preschool curriculum is. You, the mom, there is no need for a worksheet at three years old. And people will say to me, oh, but they need it. They want the structure. They, you know, they want it. Okay, so then give them a coloring page, give them a worksheet, but it's not required. A preschooler needs you. A mom who looks them in the eye. You know how preschoolers ask why, why, why all day long and we're like, oh my goodness, they never stop asking why. Well, that's because they want to learn. And what a great opportunity for you to take advantage at that age of their, you know, curiosity and to answer all those questions. And you'll have these amazing discussions with them. And the most important thing you can do is look them in the eye, get down to their level, engage with them. Yes, they'll be learning stuff that they need to learn but you're also building that relationship. 
And then at the same time, you're pointing to God in everything. You can, you know, when you're outside, like, look at the clouds. Aren't they amazing? Look what God does. You know, when you're looking at the flowers in spring, wow, look at the flowers. Let's talk about how they bloom every spring. Isn't God amazing? And you point to God in everything. You build a relationship with them. You don't see them as getting in the way and we need to just give them a workbook. You are the mom and you are the curriculum. What greater uh, thing for a child to learn from their mom? Engage with them, talk with them. They're like a sponge. They want to learn everything. So people ask me all the time, what is the best preschool curriculum? And my answer is always you, the mom. You are the best preschool curriculum for a little one. As they get older, I'm telling you, there is plenty of time because people are always like, well, they want, you know, they want to be like their big sister and they want to have books. That's fine. But it's not necessary and i'm telling you you have so much time you have so much time to teach them everything you have so much time down the road do not stifle their natural curiosity for learning by um by you know making them sit still at three years old and do a worksheet if they want to do one fine but spend most of your time with them, engaging with them, doing things with them. Uh, formal learning will come and often when they're ready. And, you know, it's like we try to push them to read at a certain age. We try to push them to do these things at a certain age. And then all of a sudden one day they're ready and we're like, why did we push so hard? It will come. It will come when they're ready. Sometimes you have to erase that kind of public school mentality and realize that you're on your own timetable now. You have between K to 12 to set up how it's going to get done. And I'm telling you, there's so much more maturity that takes place later on that you can alleviate a lot of the stress of pushing too early if you just wait until they're ready. And, you know, that comes with a lot of us having to get rid of that public school mentality that we all have. Okay, so how to get started preschool. How about um, schedules? A lot of people have asked me about schedules. Like, what does your schedule look like? And I'm going to tell you, it looks different every year because our life is different every single year. And again, we are teaching our children how to live life. We are not teaching them that they have to do everything. You know, when we first started, so we've done every schedule. When they were little, I was like, we have to plan every 15 minutes. I did this like thing that I saw online where it was like post-it, color-coded post-it notes, and every 15 minutes was accounted for in our day. I mean, that's not really, our, our life isn't color-coded post-it notes as an adult, right? I mean, we kind of wish it was, but it's just not. And so we learned over the years to kind of have a basic rhythm as i call it to our day like somebody said before you know certain together time then individual time then maybe lunch time then in the afternoon would be like you know explore your own interest time so there will be a rhythm to our day but never get so stuck on the schedule that you aren't having fun and learning anymore because you are so stuck to that schedule you know in the end i was always defeated because life would get in the way of the schedule. But guess what? Life is usually what teaches our children more than a textbook. And often the best lessons that we learned were not in a planner. They were nothing that I planned and they didn't come from the textbook. They came from things that were happening in our life. They came from discussions. They came from all kinds of other things. 
And so don't get so caught up in the schedule because then you're going to feel like, you know, you're defeated when it doesn't get done. And then you're going to throw your hands up in the air. When my daughter uh, was, I believe it was first or second grade, I had my youngest that year and he was born in November. And so I thought I'm going to buy like the all in one curriculum that has the schedule and this great big, you know, binder of everything we're going to do and it'll all be laid out for me. So I'll have a baby and I won't have to do anything. Well, that was the biggest mistake I ever made because when I had this baby and she came to me with the big binder and was like, mommy, it's time to do school. And I have this baby that I'm sleep deprived and I'm nursing and you know, it's crying and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't even do this. And, you know, she was little to the point where she wasn't reading on her own yet. So I had to do everything with her. I would have been so much better off that year if I said, guess what? School this year is mommy's having a baby and we're going to learn how to adapt <laughs> because there's so many life lessons there. We could have had discussions. We could have cuddled on the couch and read books. We could have watched movies because she was in first grade. I mean, it would have been okay. But no, I had to go out and buy this super duper curriculum with the super duper schedule. And by January, guess what happened? I went and looked at the local Christian school because I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't homeschool anymore. And I was so wrong. I was so wrong. But thankfully, God did not lead us to that school. He, he showed me that, no, you're doing what you're supposed to do. So. Okay, if you guys still have questions, please answer them. That We talked about high school. We talked about struggling learners and choosing curriculum in high school, independence in high school, preschool, how to get started, schedules. Um, is there anything you want to hear about? Please write in the comments because I can talk about anything, homeschooling, um, whether it's from preschool all the way up to college. Like I said, I have two now and doing very different alternative routes after high, high school, after homeschool. And it has just been a joy to watch them follow God's plan for their lives. You know, the world will tell us so many things like we have to do this and we have to do that. And I am so grateful that I listened to God and I didn't do this perfectly. There were many times that I, you know, didn't. Um, but overall that we listen to him and not all the voices in this world, because I see now that they are doing exactly what he led them to do. And that's been, that's just been awesome. The other thing I will tell you, the, one of the biggest things when my daughter graduated homeschool that, um, I learned was, and I did regret, you know, people say no regrets. I had a regret that the amount of hours I spent like up at 3 a.m. worrying about I'm not doing enough. I'm not keeping up with the public school. She's I'm ruining my child. Do you guys think you're ruining your children? Uh, I'm you know, she's never going to function as an adult. She's never going to get into college. All of those things that I worried about did not come true. In fact, they were 100 percent the opposite. And I wasted so much time worrying when I could have been praying when I could have been seeking the Lord, when I could have been, um, you know, really using my time a lot more wisely than I was. So I know that a lot of my homeschool clients talk about that, um, that they, we all go through that. We all go through the same thing. So if that's something that you deal with, I'd love to hear from you. If you guys have any other questions, um, let me know. Otherwise I'm going to end the video shortly. I'm just trying to see 
If I have any other questions on my list, a lot of you are overwhelmed with getting it all done. Um, and you know, what is your priorities? Again, I highly, highly recommend my simple homeschool journey book for that question. Um, you know, how do you know if you're getting it all done? How do you know if you're doing enough or if you're overwhelmed with getting it all done? Um, and again, it goes back to all the things I've been saying, seeking the Lord first, right? Seeking him, uh, don't take your eyes off of him. You know, it's, it's so easy. Like I said, those years in, in my daughter's high school years where I would worry and worry that, you know, I was ruining her and guess what? God's more powerful than I am. And so all of my worry and all of my fretting, you know, really was for nothing. So please put your questions. Do you guys uh, have high schoolers, preschoolers? What are your questions on homeschooling? I'm happy to answer them. Like I mentioned before, I do homeschool consulting. So you can contact me and we can set up an appointment. I had not taken appointments for a little while because my daughter was getting married and we were busy with that. But I will be taking appointments again, especially in the new year. I know after the new year, people want to kind of get focused again uh, mid-year because we all get a little bit off track during the holidays. Um, and so what I do with homeschool consulting is I do uh, uh, FaceTime or Zoom call or just an audio call, whatever you prefer. And whatever your issues are with homeschooling, um, you know, I can help you with scheduling, I can help you with choosing curriculum, but mostly I will encourage you on uh, really keeping your focus and on what really truly matters most. I love to be able to pray with my clients. I love to be able to talk with them afterwards even um, and check in with them and see how they're doing and you know pray with them whenever they need. So if you are interested in homeschool consulting, I don't think I linked it in the video notes here in the description, but just, you know, reach out to me and I will send you the information on that. I do one hour appointments on the phone or we can do, uh, sometimes I have um, uh, clients who do like an hour and then they do 30 minute check-ins as they need. Ruth says, any help with additional needs, learning difficulties, or helpful resources to adapt things? My son is only four though. Enjoy your four-year-old, really. Um, four years old, like I was just saying before, if you were listening about the preschool, uh, they just need you. Build that relationship with your child, spend time with them, talk about things, answer questions. There is so much time. They are only four. There is so much time to get to the other stuff that the most important thing is to build that relationship with them. Um, and you know, again, with learning difficulties, I am not a special needs expert. Um, but there are so many resources out there. If you need specific resources, I um, can point you in that direction of um, people that deal specifically with homeschooling special needs or dyslexia or learning issues like that. I would also highly recommend, I told you I'm speaking at Teach Them Diligently this year, highly recommend going to your local state conference or a Teach Them Diligently convention if there's one near you. Um, they are extremely broad in all the uh, resources that they provide. So the thing I love about Teach Them Diligently is while they provide a lot of sessions on academics and they have obviously a great big exhibit hall with curriculum, they provide a lot of sessions that focus on the heart and discipleship. And that's all of my sessions are always about that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that is so important to 
to intertwine that with your homeschooling journey. Homeschooling is not just about education and academics. You are building a family, you are building relation, pointing them to the Lord. Um, so Ruth, you said any help with additional needs, learning or resources to, what adapt things what? I just wanna make sure I'm answering your question properly. Um, to adapt things. Um, so if your four-year-old is your first one and you're just starting out with your four-year-old, like I said, now is the time to enjoy spending time with them, building that relationship with them. There's tons of ways for a four-year-old to learn that have nothing to do with you know, a worksheet. Read good books with them, discuss things with them. Uh, you know, go on nature walks, cook, go on field trips. How I miss the little uh, ages where we went on field trips and we did all this stuff. But I will tell you, this cracks me up. Now that my kids are all older, I constantly say to them, don't you remember when you were little and we learned this? And don't you remember when you were little and we did this? And they're like, no, we don't remember. <laughs> They don't remember all those fun crafts that we did and building the pyramids out of sugar cubes. Nope, they don't remember any of that. But they will remember your relationship. They will remember how you made them feel. They'll remember the time spent together. Um, I have to say though, my one child surprises me. He remembers stuff that I don't even remember teaching them. Like we were just learning something in history this week. And, and he was the one that gave me trouble when he was little that I never thought he was listening. And so we were learning something in history this week that I had taught my other ones, but he was way little when we did that. And he was like, I remember this. Didn't you teach us this already? And I was like, yeah. And you were like four. And so you never, you never know. Maybe they do really pick up. It depends on the kid, I guess. All right. So does anybody else have any more questions? I'm going to hopefully save this as a replay, save it for, um, YouTube, hopefully. Hopefully Facebook will save it here. And if I can pull the audio, I'm going to set it up on the podcast as well. Oh, Ruth, you're in the UK. Uh, oh, Teach Them Diligently actually just had an online conference. They have something called Teach Them Diligently 365, where it's a membership, but you have access to all of their resources. So I would recommend go checking that out. Um, right now, yes, that is over here in the United States. They have different locations. It would be very cool if we could go over international and do a conference overseas um, <laughs> with adapting. Your son doesn't ask questions or answer them really. Enjoying him and focusing on discipleship, yes. Aw, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, just enjoy him. And if you can look up Teach Them Diligently, like I said, they do offer uh, Teach Them Diligently 365, which is an online platform and you have access to all kinds of resources. And I just really um, believe in their mission and their heart behind everything. It's not just about homeschooling. It's really about the heart. So I'm glad that you're enjoying him and focusing on discipleship. That's exactly what you should be doing at four years old. All right, so does anybody else have any questions? I'm just looking at my notes. Um, you know, people submitted questions, so I tried to answer them kind of broadly, like with the homeschooling questions and struggling learners and schedules and things like that um, and how to get started. So I tried to kind of cover all the different topics in, um, in you know, certain ways that way. So any other questions? I'll say this is our last call for questions. If I see questions afterwards, you certainly, if you're watching this on the replay, you certainly can 
write your questions in the comments and I will answer them in the comments. So feel free if you're watching it on replay to do that. Or if you're watching it, hopefully I get this on YouTube. Um, if you're watching it on YouTube, certainly feel free to ask questions. Or if you would like to set up a homeschool consulting appointment where we can sit down for an entire hour and you can ask me all the questions you want, um, I certainly am available to do that as well. I absolutely love sitting down and doing homeschool consulting. Um, and like I said, if you are anywhere near Texas in March, April, the end of March, um, I will be at Teach Them Diligently. It's at the Kalahari in Round Rock. I will be there and I'll be doing four different sessions there. I don't have the topics yet, but I will probably post them when I know. And also, if you are local to New Jersey, on March 12th, we are having a day event for all women. It's not a homeschooling event, but like I said, the best thing you can do as a homeschooling mom is to uh, be a disciple yourself because disciples will make disciples. And so we're going to spend a day um, in the Word and doing all sorts of um, sessions and worship and prayer and fellowship. And that will be March 12th. And I'll put out a lot more information on that soon and when you can register and all that. And then the Simply Living for Him retreat, which will be a two, three day, like a two and a half day event in July. And that will take place in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And the details will be coming soon once we have all that finalized. But we are planning to return in July of 2022. So I hope that you guys um, were able to get all your questions in. Again, if you think of anything later, feel free to put it in. I'm just double checking my computer. Feel free to ask questions anytime. Feel free to email me at any time, Karen at simplylivingforhim.com. Message me here on Facebook or on Instagram. And I will always um, try to help you out as best as I can. And like I said, if you have questions or concerns that take you know some time, we can set up a consultation appointment for an hour. And don't forget, I linked in the video here my um, uh, community, our Simply Living for Him community. Again, that's for all women, not just homeschooling moms. Again, it's a way to provide resources for you to spend time in the Word every day. Um, and that is a platform online that um, also has an app. So it's a really great way to interact with other women. So the link for that is there. The link for my podcast is there. Um, and also on YouTube, every day I do devotionals in the morning. Um, and those are just short little snippets of encouragement uh, to kind of point you to Jesus every single day. So everything is linked here in the video. I hope that I answered your questions. If you have more, feel free to send them over anytime. And maybe we'll do another one of these again, these videos in the future. It's always fun to see you guys. I haven't been on here live in so long. Like I didn't even remember how to use it. <laughs> so it's been fun to be on here live again. Um, and I will see you guys soon. So I hope that you enjoyed listening to this replay of our homeschool question and answer that was originally aired on Facebook. You can find that on my Facebook page at Simply Living For Him. You can also find it on my YouTube channel. I wanted to remind you, if you need further homeschooling encouragement, if you have questions, comments, concerns, if you want somebody to walk alongside you, pray with you, encourage you, I am available for homeschool consultations. Those are one-hour appointments via FaceTime or Zoom. 
Zoom or plain old audio call. Uh, you can find all the information on my website, uh, simplylivingforhim.com, or email me at karen at simplylivingforhim.com. I also wanted to remind you that my homeschooling books are available on Amazon, The Simple Homeschool Journey, Called Home, and Real Homeschool. I also have two homeschooling e-courses available. The first one is Simplify Your Homeschool, which is really like a spiritual tune-up for your homeschool. And then there's Bible-Based Homeschooling, which tells you all about how we use the Bible as our main textbook for an entire year in our homeschool. So I'd love for you to check those out. You can find all the information for that as well at simplylivingforhim.com. Thank you for listening. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.